hello and welcome to the Greater Than Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and have already overcome them, for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Join us as we have different guests and topics that address what's going on in our world and culture from a biblical perspective to find and remind ourselves that greater is he on the inside of us than he that is in the world. Howdy, everyone. Welcome back to GTP. So honored to bless you taking out time to join us again today. Wherever you find yourself in the world, God is doing good things and he's doing it in your life. Listen, um, I'm a part of a ministerial association and I got a phone call from that ministerial association. One of the representatives and just checking in, seeing how the ministry was doing, Merle Ministries was doing. And I was telling them about the podcast and how you're reaching different people. And, and they remarked and said, you know, it's amazing these days. You don't have to uh, ride a horse to spread the gospel. You know, these days, that's a rough uh, paraphrase of what they said to me. But uh, it's so true. I just wanted to take out a moment to just thank God for technology, for the, the, the way that we're able to do this. This podcast has reached 64 or so nations over its course of three years. And so praise God for that. The beauty of technology. I want to say how thankful I am for technology and how thankful I am for those who paved the way for us to get here. Those who did spread the gospel, walking from place to place, those who did do it on horseback, those who did do it on boats and, 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 and trains and all the different ways of, of travel, modes of traveling on horse and buggy, you know, and, and different things of that nature. I'm just so thankful for those who paved the way uh, that brought us to where we are today. It's not about denomination. It's not about place or rank. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. And for all of those who sacrificed, laid down their lives to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I say thank you because of that. Uh, it's easier today uh, for me to do this, to spread the gospel by hitting record. Uh, it's just a beautiful thing. I also wanted to do this. Our last podcast episode, we talked about reading the rainbow, the rainbow, the rain, the, excuse me, the being in italics. That means we added it. So technically take off the, the, and that's the title of that episode. And in that one, I talked about uh, the, the angel in uh, revelation chapter 10. And I said that my personal conviction is that that angel was uh, Christ. Uh, I wanted to, to bring this to your attention. Uh, Chris Palmer, uh, professor, man, professor Chris Palmer. He's been on the podcast before I texted him and I was wondering what he thought about this. And he said this, this is, I'm reading directly from the text thread. Here's what he said. Uh, he said, an angel with characteristics that are reminiscent of how Christ is described earlier in the narrative. Um, let me read that again. And, and this is what professor Chris Palmer, <clears throat> excuse me there, professor Chris Palmer. This is what he says about this angel in, in revelation chapter 10, an angel with characteristics that are reminiscent of how Christ is described earlier in the narrative. And so that's uh, Professor Chris Palmer. So listen, I just wanted to be fair and say, hey, listen, I had my personal convictions, but let me tell you what an actual professor who studies, well, I consider him a professor, who studies the book of Revelation, who studied it for many, many years, just wanted to throw that in there, what he had to say about that. Um, what a great episode that was, reading the rainbow, talking about the purpose of the rainbow and, and why God created it. I think there was some good revelation there. I just wanted to throw that in there because it is my uh, calling to present to you content that you can trust. And so I wanted to let you hear from a trusted source on how they interpret it. Revelation chapter 10. Okay, today 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> We're talking about, you read the title, The Heavenly Account. Oh my, because see, listen, I grew up word of faith, so you can't say uh, you grew up word of faith and, and you never heard of the heavenly account. Now, listen, I want to make it sure, make it, uh, I want to tell you from the jump, I have no allegiance to one particular camp or one particular de denomination. My allegiance goes with the word of God in its proper context, and that's where uh, this episode is coming from. All right. I'm not a, I'm not a prosperity preacher. I don't believe in the prosperity gospel. I believe in the gospel and a part of said gospel is that Jesus was poor so that you and I could be made rich. That is a part of the gospel. And another part of the gospel is being content with what you have. <laughs> oh, it's a balance, man. It's living a balanced life between grace and faith. Uh, let's go over here and talk about the heavenly account with all this in mind. And let's start in Philippians chapter four, obviously, in verse 14. Let's pray. Father God, <clears throat> we acknowledge you today, sir. And we ask you to direct our path. Amen. Now, Philippians chapter four and verse 14, he says this. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Uh, notice Paul calls this distress that he's talking about. Let's frame the context here. He's talking about uh, poverty, that uh, affliction is what the old King James talks about. He was at a place where no church communicated with him. Uh, well, we're going to we're going to read that. Now, you Philippians know that also in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, uh, but you only. Oh, my goodness. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Ooh, that's good. Let's read that again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Let's read verse 15 again. You Philippians know, uh, in the, also in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, uh, but you only. He says giving and receiving here. Uh, together, this picture is a ledger with a credit and debit page. I'm going to say that again. When he says giving and receiving, it, this is a picture of a ledger with a credit and debit page. The implication is that Paul evidently was a careful steward of his resources and kept an account of his receipts and expenditures. <laughs> I tell you what, Paul had QuickBooks. He had a way to, to have everything. He had a ledger that told him what people gave. He kept account of it. He said, listen, nobody, no church community. Now, how would he be able to know that unless he kept records? Oh, that's good stuff, man. Here's something you got to remember uh, for, for ministers. Here's something that, this is just for the ministers. Here's something you got to remember. Not everybody that you preach to and give the word to are going to respond by giving to, towards that your ministry. And that doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're supposed to even, you understand. 
Uh, but these are this is a different case with Paul. These are churches that he started, that he pioneered, and no other church. When he says no church, he's talking about churches that he built, churches that the Lord used him to bring about. He said, they're not communicating with me. You know, there are ministers that I look up to, that I listen to in the faith, that have television ministry. And he says a lot of people that look at it, a lot of people that watch it, they different ones have said, a lot of people that watch it, they're not. They, they don't give. Yet God still takes care of our needs. Yet God still supplies when we're able to reach people with the message of Christ. But a lot of the people that are watching, I'm talking, he's talking about, and the person that was talking was talking about faithfully, not just here and there, right? And I've seen it, and I've seen it in my own ministry. There are people that listen to greater than podcasts on the regular, and they never sent one offering to my ministry. Now, that's no condemnation. I'm not trying to condemn anybody. Don't get, don't get into all that. Slow up. I'm not, no condemnation. Yet I'm saying the ministry's still here. Yet I'm saying God's supplying the needs. And, well, let's, let's, I'll, I'll read that here in the verse. We'll get to that. Watch what the Williams translation says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 15. And you Philippians yourselves know that immediately after the good news was first preached to you, when I left Macedonia, no church but yours went into partnership with me. Watch this. To open an account of credits and debits. That's the Williams translation that bears that out, that brings it out. No, no church but yours went into partnership with me to open an account of credits and debits. The Philippians kept a ledger. Is what this is saying as well. The Philippians kept a ledger, which they recorded the good things received from Paul on the credit page. When they got good revelation of the things they received from Paul, they put it on the credit page. And the debt that they owed Paul from that word that was taught on the debit side. I'm just reading. This is stuff I've never heard even in the Word of Faith camp now. So don't don't just make this about, oh, he's no, I, I found this by studying. You understand? He acknowledged, Paul was acknowledging that the receipt of their gift, he, re, he acknowledged the, the receiving of their gift in the words, I have all and abound, that he says later. He's using a business term when he says, I have all. He's saying, I have received in full. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 11, one of these churches that were not communicating with Paul at the time, uh, he says this in 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 11, if we've sown spiritual things for you, is it a great thing if we reap your material things? Like I said, this is the book, this is the Bible in its proper context. I'm not adding to or taking away. But here's the point. Is Paul doing this just so he can say he's got some money to travel and, and do ministry? Is he wanting that uh, that others be eased, that one is eased and another is burdened? No, we know that's not the case. We read about that in 1 Corinthians. I believe it's chapter 8, chapter 9, one, one tell of them. He, he talks about one tell of them just as a country term, by the way, in case you don't know. One tell of them simply means one or the other. I actually think it's 2 Corinthians uh, either chapter eight or chapter nine, one tell of them. It's a country term, colloquial expression, if you would. It means one or the other. Did I see him on Wednesday or did I see him on Thursday? Ah, one tell of them. You understand? And so anyway, Paul says there, I'm not wanting that one be eased and another be burdened. 
So when he says that we've sown spiritual things for you, is it a great thing if we reap your material things? He's not saying that so that he can be eased and they can now be burdened. What is he saying? Read verse 17 of chapter 4 of Philippians again. He says, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Your account in this context is used uh, as we would use the term bank account. Yeah, you probably thought that (laughs) you just had an account at your local bank, right? If you sh- if you if you do it at a local bank wrong, if you are a believer in Christ, there is an account with your name on it reserved in the bank of heaven. Now, like I said, now I, I'm not I'm not preaching and teaching this from the lens of word of faith that, that's put to the side. I didn't listen to what now. Listen, I, there's, these are people I grew up listening to. I'm not bashing them. I respect them to this day. I'm not coming against anybody, right, that I'm going to name off here. I didn't listen to any Kenna Copeland tapes leading up to this. I didn't listen to, 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 to any uh, Leroy Thompson, Jerry Savelle. I didn't listen to any. Great people, great people. I'm not dissing anybody, man. We've had Brother Jerry Savelle's daughter on the podcast. I rock with these people. I respect them. I honor them. So I'm not saying that in a way that is uh, dishonoring. I'm letting you know I didn't want any other lens than Scripture. That's all I'm saying with this. I had to throw everything that I thought I knew about the heavenly account out the window. And let's just talk about the book, the Bible, the glory of all books. And and it says in the proper context, like I said, I'm not doing this through a filter of any background, any denomination. I, I just went to the verse, looked at commentaries, looked at the Greek words and studied it for myself. And it bears out that there is a bank of heaven. Jesus said in Matthew 6 and verse 19 through 21, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up, watch this again, for yourselves. Do it for yourself. Treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there your heart will be also he says i don't want you to do this and leaving up treasure laying up treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal in James chapter five and verse one, he, James is talking here to the brother of Jesus. He says, come now, you rich weep and howl uh, for your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches, watch this, are corrupt and your garments, here it comes, are moth eaten. Isn't that that sound like what we just read where uh, moth and rust corrupts? Your riches are corrupt. Your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded, and their corrosion will be a witness against you. And you will eat your flesh, and will eat your flesh like fl- fire. This 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 uh, gold and silver eating your flesh like fire. You've heaped up treasures in the last days. Well, we're in the last of the last days. 
Indeed, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out. And the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. That's the Lord that has to do with the, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of angel armies. The cries of this are going up to the Lord of Sabaoth. They have riches, but they're corrupted. They have garments, but they're moth-eaten. They have gold and silver, but it's corroded. There's corrosion. There's decay because of the simple fact that they heaped up riches for themselves. They did not. Watch this. They did not. They did not. And I'm going to say it again. They did not give wages to the laborers. Uh Uh-oh. Once again, the only filter we got here is scripture. Psalms 39 verse 6 says this, Surely every man walks about like a shadow. It's talking about the uh, how brief this life is. Surely every man walks about like a shadow. Surely they busy themselves in vain. He heaps up riches and does not know who will gather them. He's heaping up the riches, but he doesn't know who will gather them. Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 19, do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. And you might say, oh, Elijah, I've never been robbed. Bless God. Listen, I got the best burglar alarm system money can buy. (laughs) I I tell you what, I got the peace under the bed. This peace will pass your understanding, you understand. (laughs) This will, listen, it might not guard your heart and mind, but it sure will go through your heart and mind. I got, they ain't going to steal from me. But have you, okay, all right, sure, you might say that. All right, cool. The bank, the bank that I bank at, man, it's secure. It's on lock, baby. You can't come into this bank. All right, cool, 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 cool. True, that might be true. But have you thought about the effects of inflation? (laughs) Have you thought about taxation? Have you thought about a bank failing? Have you thought about stock market crashing? The, let me ask this. What about the expenses of a prolonged illness? Well, we're not expecting any of these things, but these things have happened before. And, and let me ask this. Do all of those have the same effect as a robbery? <laughs> yes, they do. Inflation. <laughs> uh, uh, taxation, back, bank failure, stock market crashing, a prolonged illness. All that is thieves breaking through and stealing when all you do is lay up on earth treasures instead of laying up in heaven treasures. <laughs> he says, he goes on to say, Jesus goes on to say in verse 20 of Matthew chapter 6, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Luke 12 and verse 29 is bringing out some of these same things that we see in Matthew chapter 6. But let's read it here. Jesus says, Do not seek what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nation of the world seek after, and your father knows that you need these things. But seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Do not fret, little flock, 
for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Verse 33, sell what you have and give alms. Watch what happens. Provide yourselves money back which do not grow old, a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches, nor moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. All right, let's break some of these things down. Well, watch this, though, verse 33. Sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourselves money bags, which do not grow old, a treasure in the heavens that does not fail where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. He says, sell and give. Um, do me a favor. Say this after me if you would. Sell and give. All right. Sell and give here are both in the aorist. In, it's in the aorist tense in the Greek. Uh, what in the world does that mean? What, what in the world is aorist? It's in the aorist tense. Now, what does this have to do with what we're talking about? Let me give you an example in, of an aorist tense. We see in uh, John 3.16 is an aorist tense. For God so loved the world. God loved the world. That's the aorist tense. What does that have to do? The aorist tense here describes an action without analyzing it further. What does that mean? It doesn't tell us that when God started loving the world, it doesn't tell us when he finished loving the world or whether he'll ever stop loving the world. It just reports the mere fact that God loved the world. So when Jesus says sell and give, he's not telling you when to start. He's not telling you when to finish. He's just saying sell and give. What does this have to do? This cause, this this aorist tense, sell and give, being done in the aorist tense in the Greek, aorist, that would be A-O-R-I-S-T, it, it being in that tense calls for a specific, definite choice. Do It's like saying, do this now at once, once and for all, and in one quick action. Uh, in contrast to a present uh, sense or tense, in the Greek, which commands a habitual action uh, that often requires um, this term here, the heiress has to requires a note of urgency. This term here in the heiress often expresses a note, <clears throat> excuse me there, of urgency. It's like, check it off now, get it done now, focus on the first opportunity to complete it. Why do I bring this up? Sell and give are in the heiress imperative. This calls for us to depend on the Holy Spirit to obey. To obey these commands, independence on your flesh falls into that trap of works again, legalism, that stuff that we do not want, right? And even uh, deceptively thinking that we can merit God's kingdom by giving. Right. There's there's people that give to nonprofit organizations that are not born again. And they think that by giving this money all the time, well, I, I must be a good enough person to get to heaven. But our heart must yield to the wooing of the spirit. This tense lets us know Jesus is saying, hey, in order for you to do this right, you're going to have to have the Holy Spirit. 
it's yielding here. See, this is why I love it because this podcast is not about putting pressure on anybody to give to this ministry. You understand? There are other ministries <laughs> that God might put on your heart to sow into. I'm not, I'm not just talking, but I am saying that. And I am saying when you do give by the wooing of the spirit, <laughs> what you are doing is providing yourself bags. <laughs> Come on now, bags that won't wilt, bags that moth can't get into, bags that the thief can't just come in and attack you. Yes, there may be inflation going on. Yes, there may be a, a bank failure. They, there may be stock market crashes. Oh, but bless God, I have laid up in store treasures in heaven. I tell you, my good stuff is up there. And also, I can expect and believe for God to honor me because I honored him by honoring his ministers, his representatives. This tense, sell and give, calls us to depend on the Holy Spirit to obey. To obey these commands, independence on our flesh, is to fall into that trap of works and legalism and thinking that we can merit God's kingdom by giving a bunch of money. Our heart must yield to the wooing of the Spirit who circumcises our hearts so that we will be more spiritually enabled to carry out these commandments in his power. That's the context of sell and give. Sell what you have, give alms. It's in that aorist imperative, which makes us know he's not telling us when to start. He's not telling us when to finish. He's just saying, this is what you do. This is how you do it. You live this way. God so loved the world. Didn't tell us when he started. Didn't tell us when he finished or whether he'll ever finish because he still loves the world. You see what I'm saying? We are to sell and give and keep on selling and giving, not in a habitual sense, but in a aorist imperative sense it's not just habitually trying to give in order to get God to move it's giving at the wooing of his spirit it's giving as his spirit leads us he'll lead you to sell this and he says and give that so that you can have more to give he says sell what you have and give so he's saying there'll be times where you sell something and you get money from it, and God will tell you to give. There'll be times when he doesn't. You see what I'm, you see what I'm saying? It's not a habitual thing, necessarily. It's a way of life, sure, but it's not a works mentality. It's a heiress mentality. <laughs> I love it. And he says when you do this, you provide yourself money bags that don't grow old and a treasure in the heavens that will not fail where no thief approaches or moth destroys. Haggai talks about bags. Haggai chapter 1, verse 3 through 6 talks about this. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet saying, Is it time for yourselves to dwell in your uh, houses and this temple, God's temple, to lie in ruins? These people had put their things first instead of God's things first. He says, consider your ways. You've sown much and you bring in little. You eat, but do not have enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. Has, ever, has anybody ever been there? And when he earns wages, you earn wages to put it into a bag. Watch it here with holes. 
Your bass got more hoes than Shia LaBeouf did in the movie, man. You put it in a bag with holes. Man, how, how many of y'all remember holes, man? How many of y'all remember that movie? Oh, my goodness, a classic. But you're putting it into a bag with holes. Man, oh, man. But Jesus said that you and I can provide ourselves, watch this, money bags. Oh, golly. Which do not grow old. There's no corrosion. There's no hole in this. Do you want your finances to be secured God's way? I'm talking about God's way now, not man's way, God's way. You want it to be secured God's way? Give. And I'm not telling you just to give to my ministry. There are other places where you've already been giving to other ministries, and that is great. That's awesome. I'm not telling you to do. I'm not saying this for a gift. I'm saying it for the fruit that will abound to your own account. You give where God, that's what we said, in the in the aorist tense, you give where the wooing of the spirit leads you. You understand? And in, do, and in so doing, you and I will no longer earn wages and put it in a bag with holes. Our money will be secure because our good stuff is in heaven. And I believe that as we honor God, he will honor us here on earth. And that includes where your finances are concerned. You see the balance that we're approaching this with? Jesus said, provide for yourself money bags. You could also say money belts. It refers to a purse or pouch, a money bag. The disciples were not, here's what he's saying. The disciples were not to rely on earthly security in their ministry. Rather, they were to make for themselves. You got to do this for yourself. You cannot rely on anybody else. You got to have it yourself. They were to make for themselves bags which wax not old in heaven oh my goodness in luke 10 verse 1 i want to look at an instance where this term the greek word money bag is used jesus is sending out the 12 he's sending them out by the power of the holy spirit and we see here in, in luke chapter 10 that he's doing that and one of these things, he gives about some commandments of what he wanted them to do. Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 1. After these things, the Lord appointed he, the 70. The 70 here. Um, I mixed that up with um, Matthew 10, so I apologize. I, I was mistaken. Listen, that's why you got to check and read the book. You understand? Don't swallow anything you ever hear anybody say. Go back. You see, I'm not over here telling you, hey, listen, this is what I'm saying. You can take it to the bank. What did I do at the beginning of this podcast? about uh, reading the rainbow. I let you hear from a professor, a guy who studied these things and said, hey, this is what I believe, but hey, here's a professor that has way more experience than I do. You understand? So, and then even, even greater than that, you don't swallow any verse, I tell you. I'm not here to replace the Bible. I'm here to stoke you to get into the word for yourself. You understand? So that was a, a prime example. I did not mean to say, you know, to trip you up and say the 12 when it was actually the 70. And some of y'all are like, well, Elijah, that's no big deal. Uh, yes, it is. We need to understand the context at all times. You understand? So that's another example of why I strongly urge you to check out these things and these verses for yourself. Because, ladies and gentlemen, if what I'm preaching is truly in the proper context, I'm not going to be afraid for you to go and, and, and look it up for yourself and see for yourself. You understand? Does that make sense? All right. Cool. 70, not 12. I apologize. 
After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two. Ah, there's ah, that two by two. I can't do it. The podcast is going to be longer. I'm not going to go on that rabbit trail. He sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Watch the uh, instructions that he gives to the 70. Skip on down to verse four. Watch what he says. Carry neither, here it comes, money bags, knapsack, sandals, and greet no one along the road. He says, don't carry money bags. We also see that he said in uh, Matthew chapter 10, he might have said it in Luke 10 as well. I don't have it written down. Uh, but I, I know he said in Matthew 10 that the laborer, the laborer, excuse me, is worthy of his hire, his pay. So he's saying, don't take money bags and the labor is worthy of his pay. It's like, what are we talking about here? He said, don't go to house to house. Stay right there where that favor is. Put that peace on there. And if that peace abides, that's where you stay. But he told them, gave them specific instruction. Don't take a money bag. That word money bag, same Greek word in Luke 12, 33. Provide yourselves money bags. He's talking about that treasure in heaven, right? In the context of, of Luke 12. But here in Luke 10, previously in Luke chapter 10, this money bag is a literal money bag, right? It's a literal money bag pouch that they had, purse that they had that they kept money in. He said, don't take that with you. And if you look at Luke chapter 22 and verse 35, he said to them, this is after everything happened. Way after the trip, way after they go and do what Jesus told them to do, obviously. In Luke 22, verse 35, he says, When I sent you without money bag, knapsack and sandals, watch this, did you lack anything? And they said, nothing. What happened? They were living not off of their money bags. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe they weren't living off their money bags. I believe that they were living off of their money bags. There it is. Jesus reveals to them in Luke chapter 12 that you need to provide yourself money bags. He had them operate in this. He had them flowing in this, whether they realized it or not, in Luke chapter 10. They weren't living off of their money bags. They were living off of their money bags. The treasure in heaven that God had provided for them. Oh, my goodness. First Timothy chapter six, 17 and 19, and we'll, we'll start wrapping it up here. Paul's talking here yet again, and he says, command those who are rich in this present world to get rid of all those riches. Bless God. You can't have all those riches and serve God. No, that's not what he said. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be prideful, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but trust in the living God. Why did he say don't trust in uncertain riches? I didn't have this in my notes. I'm going to have to turn in my Bible here. So if you hear pages turning, that's just me turning in my actual Bible. I didn't have it in my notes. There it is right there. Oh my goodness, that was quick. Proverbs chapter 23. Let's start in verse 4. This is old King James. Labor not to be rich. I'm going to say that again. Labor not to be rich. Let me re let me read it to you like this. This word labor has a one by it. So that means in, in the italics in, in my Bible, uh, here in the, you know, the, that, that the notes where it says one and then you look there in the italics and it 
shows you something. It says here, don't do not overwork to be rich. There's nothing wrong with working. Nothing wrong with that. He says, don't overdo it. I think that's the wisdom right there, isn't it? Don't overdo it. Don't overwork to be rich. Watch this. Cease from your own wisdom. Cease, you could say, uh, from your own understanding. He says, cease, and in the italics, once again, because of your own understanding. Verse 5 says this. Will you set your eyes upon that which is not? Watch this. This is why you don't trust in uncertain riches for riches. Here it is. Certainly. So we have uncertain riches, but here's something that you can be certain about riches for riches. Certainly make themselves wings and they fly away as an eagle toward heaven. You don't trust in uncertain riches because riches certainly grow wings and fly away. Well, isn't that the case? Even on your cell phone, if you go in your emojis and you do an emoji of money, just type in money in the emoji. One of the emojis will be like a roll of money, right? And some wings. I find that so very funny. It's right there in the emojis because riches grow wings and fly away. Somebody who used to be rich at one point, They may not be as rich now. NBA players. I like basketball. There's been so many NBA players that were rolling in the dough at one point and ain't got nothing now. That's why Paul said, don't trust in uncertain riches, but instead trust in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Notice he says all things to enjoy. That means that, See, because I think sometimes we 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 look at that and we say, yeah, that's right, a new Maybach. Or, oh, yeah, that's right, a Bentley. I mean, I believe that God has the ability to do that and add that to your life. Don't get me wrong. I, he's good. He's that good. He's just, he's, he, well, let me say it like that. Let me say it like this, excuse me. He's even better than that, right? He can, he can do way better than that. But I believe also that in the context here, he talked about being content right here as well in, in the same chapter. And so I believe this right here. Trust in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. In other words, when you are trusting in the living God, all things can be enjoyed. It doesn't matter what what's going on. It doesn't matter uh, what you have or don't have yet. You can enjoy all things. You see what I'm saying? It's a progressive. All of these things can be enjoyed. Don't just make it about stuff. That's what I'm saying. All things to enjoy. Let them, the rich people, do good that they may be rich. Watch this in good works, ready to give, willing to share. What are they doing? Storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. The Zoe of God. Now, that doesn't mean that they're uh, securing their salvation. By, by giving, no, they're just saying that the good stuff is up there and they can lay hold on eternal life. Jesus said that I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly to the full until it overflows. I'm telling you what, you and I have to become more mindful of heaven. That's what Colossians says. Let me read that to you. Colossians chapter three. I got to go in my Bible again. If you hear pages turning. 
That's just me going into the Bible. Uh, Colossians chapter 3 and and, uh, verse uh, 1 says this, If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Verse 2, set your affection, uh, the margin of my Bible here, Oh, that's what I meant to say, margin. Did I say what did I say, italics or what? I meant to say margin. Excuse me there, guys. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm all over the place today. It's all good, though. The Lord's helping us. This, uh, the margin of my Bible says, instead of uh, affection, he says mind. Set your mind on things above and not on things on the earth. Now, how do we, how do you and I practically set our affection on things above first you gotta go to you gotta go to the old testament oh this is a nice one right here first chronicles 29 tells us the practical way that you and i can set our affection on things above on the things of god uh first chronicles 29 verse 1 for furthermore david the king said unto all the congregation solomon my son whom alone god has chosen is yet young and tender uh he, he's young and and tender or inexperienced is what the margin of my Bible says. And the work is great and the temple is not for man, but for the Lord God. Now I have prepared with all of my might for the house of my God, the gold for things to be made of gold, silver, silver, brass of brass, iron of iron, wood of wood, onyx stone of stones, glistening stones, divers colors, all manner of precious stones, uh, marble stones in abundance. Verse three, moreover, watch this, because I have set my affection to the house of my God. I have of my own proper good or of my own, watch this, the, the margin of my Bible, of my own special treasure of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. How do you and I practically set our affection on things above? Giving. Giving out of our own special treasure. For where our treasure is, ladies and gentlemen, there will our heart be also. Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you so much. For each and every one who's taken out time to listen today, Father, we say and we acknowledge that we are looking to you as our source. We are going to provide for ourselves bags <laughs> that we can give and be a blessing to others. Father, we say that we will yield to the wooing of the spirit, that we are not giving in a works mentality, but in that mentality of depending on the wooing of your spirit, your spirit to lead and guide and direct us in our giving. And we give you praise for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, listen, I love you so much. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know that the podcast is blessing you. If you would like to give in the Merle Ministries, uh, you can simply do it by going to www.merleministries.com. Excuse me, www.merleministries.com. Yeah, forward slash give. G-I-V-E. That's Merle Ministries, M-U-R-R-E-L-L, ministries.com forward slash give and uh, you can be a part that way if god puts it on your heart i'm not seeking the gift i'm seeking the fruit that abounds to your account as we leave don't forget this greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world
Thank you for listening to the Greater Than Podcast. To find out more, visit our website at merleministries.com.